Blog Talk Radio. Hey, ATG Radio, yeah, uh, the greatest boxing podcast, woo, featuring the crew, you know how we do, yeah, Mike Dawson, Big Time Timmy, Rufus D, Hollywood, Coach Andre, and the Godfather Frank, yeah, that's the crew, so come and get in the loop, so tune in and see just how we do, it's every Monday and every Wednesday, ATG Radio. Yeah. ATG Radio. Now, I'm not trying to say we're the greatest. The most hated, maybe. Well, we might be the greatest. That's just because I don't know what else is out there. No competition. We got the best team in the world. Who you got? We got Tim Cudges, Big Tom Timmy, Rufus Deathabow, Homicide Henry, Kid Thunder, Taylor May, GFL TV, Mr. Bean City, and it ain't pretty, Cornflake repping Vegas across the Jersey City, Mike Dawson, Louisiana getting gritty, Marine Sheen, Nate Campbell breathing boxing, Sean Rothman, Nigeria get it poppin'. Ain't no stopping us, Frank stay a marvelous. Haters sit and listen and they can't stop calling us. 347-934-0137 and hit us up, yo. ATG Radio, all the haters know. Undefeated champions and I oh, will never go. Talking boxing, wrestling and MMA. Just keep your mouth shut and hear what I say. ATG Radio. We are the greatest show, rank numero uno, ATG Radio, ATG Radio, we are the greatest show, rank numero uno, ATG Radio, yeah, that's right, ATG Radio. Monday night, Wednesday night, and any night we damn well pleased to be on. That's right. Our squad is the best. <laughs> ATG Radio, the last day of April 2018, 4-30-2018. Getting it on and popping. What a hell of a weekend of boxing. Kid Thunder, what's going on, KT? Hey, what's up, everybody? How y'all doing tonight? So I'm trying to I want to let everybody know KT is now the executive director. Man, that's what I'm talking about. Congratulations on the promotion, KT. And uh, let's let's get down. Let's just talk some boxing, man. We had some some crazy stuff going on. Some good fights, some not so good fights, and some explosive major stuff going down. Um, how much boxing did you watch this weekend, KT? Uh, I watched the Anthony Dyrell fight, and I watched the uh, Lucas uh, Brown versus uh, uh, Julian Whitey. That was actually a that was actually an entertaining fight. To be honest, Anthony Dyrell was kind of boring, but uh, the uh, Cruz fight, I mean, that was like the fastest fight I've ever seen on TV. <laughs> to be honest, you mean the Miguel, Miguel Cruz versus uh, Jose Cito Lopez? 
uh, I believe so, is whatever Cruz got knocked the hell out within like within seconds of first round. Oh, you're talking about Jorge Lara. Jorge Lara, uh, 29-0, and uh, it goes up against Claudio Marrero, 22-2. He's a former title challenger. Marrero and him just go out swinging, man, going down. I think it was like 32 seconds, like that. Marrero, Marrero hits him with a counter shot, knocks him completely out. Uh, he's doing a Trevor Burvick dance, like Burvick dance against did against Mike Tyson. He could not get his footing. It was just insanity. So that that was a hell of a fight, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then Anthony Durrell did what he had to do. He fought A.B. Han in San Antonio, of San Antonio. I mean, El, El, El Paso. And uh, Han's a good fighter. He's a decent guy, but I knew it was going to be a mismatch from the beginning. Um, you know, Han went down in round one. You know, they had they, they fell on the canvas, too. They they got into, like, a little altercation. I thought the ref was going to stop the fight and disqualify both guys. And then, uh, you know, Darrell finally gets his wits back about him, does what he has to do, wins a, you know, a pretty lopsided decision. It was a, it was a decent performance by Darrell. I thought he could have knocked out Han. But I got to give Han credit. He, he was there to fight, and uh, he would not quit. So, um, And then the main event, Josecito Lopez, you know, upset. Previously undefeated, 17-0. Miguel Cruz just pretty much dominated. You know, it was it was a decent fight, but Lopez was the boss in the ring, um, in my opinion. Cruz also had a lot of points deducted uh, at five and six for low blows. It was just, um, you know, it was a good performance from Lopez. You know, maybe he can get back in that mix. You know, in the title contention, um, he's always one to really watch. He's always an exciting fighter. You know, you're going to get some good stuff out of Jose Lopez anytime he's in the ring. Um, that was on Fox. That was a kind of kind of started everything off. Uh, and then, uh, did you watch any of the ESPN fights or anything else? Just just the Fox fights. Uh, just that one, and then the HBO. Um, I was gonna go back today and watch the ESPN because I have the sports package on my cable. So I was gonna go back on on demand and watch it, but uh, kind of ran out of time. Today. Yeah. Two six seven. Is this who I think it is? Yes, sir. What's going on, guys? <laughs> Big time, Tim. Timmy Cudges, man. What's going on with you? Ah, not much. Just got through an exciting weekend of fights. Yeah, I got we to were... check out the ESPN card. Oh, so, man. That was one of the best you need to talk about tonight. that. Yeah, how about that Joey Bye-Bye fight? <laughs> man, I, every single person on the show picked Joey to win. We thought that Jennings was going to be, you know, kind of shot. And uh, he he had a little bit more left than we thought. You know, yeah, Joey I mean, I thought Joey had – I, I thought he had it in control early, but it was just when it went into those later rounds. Yeah, he said it for you. Regardless hard. of the results, skill-wise, I still think, like, skill boxing skill-wise, that – the way it goes better, it's just Brian Jennings had the endurance and was nonstop at the end. Yeah, yeah, he he pulled he he, he pulled ahead. He definitely did. And and uh, but Joey, the little movements, the feints, the the inside work. I mean, you can tell he's got mad skill. He was a hell of an amateur, one of the best amateurs you know in his time. You know, I think he was the number one heavyweight for a while. Um, you know, they had it just uh, you would think, you know, working with with Freddie Roach at Wildcard, his stamina would have been a little bit better. Uh, I think everybody with ATG, not you, but everybody else, was kind of knocking him, you know, uh, or knocking Jennings, thinking he was a shot fighter. 
I still think he may be if, it, if it's the right guy. But uh, he showed he proved me wrong. He has he has quite a bit left. He clearly won that fight. It was a little bit closer in my opinion, but he definitely pulled off at the end. You're right. It was a good performance. See, I don't know if he could if he could necessarily call Jennings a shot fighter. I think Jennings, I, from where he's gotten to in his career, I think he's strictly overachieved the whole time. He should have never been at the levels that he was at, but he he fought there and got there based off his. I wouldn't say he has a limited skill set, but he, just based off his athletic prowess and his agility and, you know, where he lacked in straight boxing ability and boxing technique, he made up in other areas. But I think it's still the same Brian Jennings that we've been saying. It's just the level of competition's upping in the heavyweight division. Where do you think that Brian Jennings goes from here, and where do you think that Joey can go from here? See, what I really want to see is Brian Jennings versus Travis Coughlin, right? It's another fight, crossroads fight. You can see where each of the one guy's at, that the other guy can get – the winner can get positioned for – not really a title shot at one of the titles, but like a big baby – or even a fight with big baby Miller. Joey has to go back to the drawing board a little bit, maybe step down the level of competition, get a fight or two in, get a couple wins. Because you got to remember, he's 19-5-4 now. Well, so I he's just got to kind of work James. his way back in there. Oh, yeah, most definitely. You know, he's going to have to uh, dig dig deep again. I mean, he's known to do, do it. He's done it you know, many times in his career. You know, this was about the best that he's been in a long time. Uh, you know, what I think about Joey versus Joey versus Cunningham, Brian Jennings versus Amir Mansoor. That's what I was about to say. <laughs> Amir Mansoor, Brian Jennings would be insane. It would be bananas. Now, you know, we were talking about a guy that can really test him to see if he's really shot. If you know, if he can do the same thing against against Dewayko, <clears throat> against Amir Mansoor, you know, that right there tells me that he has quite a bit left in the tank. Amir Mansoor is the kind of guy that will definitely, if he is shot. If he does have a little weakness from before, Amir Mansour will definitely, um, you know, be the test, a hell of a test. But, but I don't know who can win that fight, so many, there, There's so many fights that could be made in the heavyweight division now that are decent fights. Like, you could match any one of those guys we just mentioned against Brazil or, or someone to that nature. There's a lot of fights to be made, not – necessarily at the championship level that makes the heavyweight division a little bit more exciting than it was when we first started doing this show. Yeah. Oh, most definitely. And Frank, you know, he was, he was big on the, on the heavyweights and I was kind of down to it, you know, at first he's like, well, it's, it's going to you know blow up. It's going to be on fire. And it did. It, it unfolded the way he predicted it. And uh, man, heavyweight, it, it's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of talent. It's not you don't have the you got your top three guys, top four guys, but you do have a lot of talent building up, and you got young Olympians coming up, you know you got guys from the UK coming up in Dubois, and you know maybe Joe Joyce. I'm not quite sure to put him there yet, um, but yeah, heavyweight's definitely where it's at right now. And uh, but it was it was a good crossroads fight. I think Brian can, hopefully he can move on to better things. Amir Mansoor would be my pick, um, but keeping it in Philadelphia, Jesse Hart. Damon Nicholson, crazy ending to the fight. Nicholson didn't want any more, in my opinion, but it was a good fight, man. What do you think about that? And Nicholson surprised me a few times in that fight, but Jesse Hart held it together. 
He, um, I think he he lets his emotions get the best of him during a fight. But he was able to, you know, he was able to do his job and get the guy out of there. But it might, it, it could have been an easier fight for Jesse. Oh yeah, he got he got his bell ring in the first round, and kind of you know lost composure just for a brief second, and then you know he regained it and he took control of the fight and did what he had to do. He had a hungry guy in front of him, you know, a guy that was living with his parents that you know uh, had a lot of you know turmoil in his life, and this was his way to come back. And he he definitely uh, you know proved that he belonged there for a while. But Hart just you know, turned to a consummate pro, got, you know, got his head back on straight, and then dominated the rest of the fight. You know, uh, now the main event, man, I mean, goodness. I, I knew this was going to be a great fight. I knew I had a, a real big feeling about Dogbo, or Dog Bay, the way they were saying it. I call him Dogbo, but anyway. Uh, Jesse Magdaleno loses his title to the interim champion, Isaac Dogbo, 11th round knockout. Dogbo down in the first round, and then after that, you know, uh, started getting dominated there for a while until round five. He got nailed <laughs> With that huge shot, and then Dogbo just took over after that. What did you think about that, Tim? I'll be honest with you, I didn't. I didn't get to watch that fight. Oh, that was the fight of the. That was the fight of the weekend, of all the fights. I know. I gotta go back and watch it. I like leading up to the fight. I just remember looking at everything, reading up on everything, just like I don't know. I don't like this fight for Jesse. I think he's been out too long. And I think he's going to underestimate the guy. And it seems like he did. I mean, he was in control in the first round. You know, Dogbo really, he got back in there and grinded it out. But, you know, the first four rounds, you know, Magdalena was ahead. In my opinion, he was starting to control it. And then that, that, that big shot from Dogbo just, you know, it went tumbling down. I mean, the guy hasn't fought in a year. He was, a, you know, he's a damn good fighter. I, I didn't think they should have. I'm all for interim champions fighting the world champions. I think it should happen more in boxing, and it doesn't happen as much. But in that case, Madalena, he should have had a tune-up and then fought Dogbo because this kind of guy, he wasn't going to stop. You know, and, and a lot of people thought that the, if it wasn't for the 374 days that Madalena was off, you know, he might have even won that fight because he had been more prepared. But I don't know. I mean, it, it's kind of hard for me, Tim, because Dogbo had – the persistence and he just he grinded man I mean he, he looked like a man possessed but I definitely want to see it again yeah man let's run it back I, well I gotta see it the first time but you know from what everybody was saying to run that one back but that that shot by Dogbo in, in round five against Magdaleno and that's a credit to him even though he hasn't fought in a year this guy was ready he was physically ready. He was definitely in shape. There was probably 95% of anybody in his division or, you know, anywhere around his division wouldn't have got up from that shot. That was a massive shot. And it credit to Magdaleno. I think he'll be back. He's, he's still a good champion, um, you know, still a, a hell of a fighter, you know, a hell of a puncher. I think he'll, he'll make the division interesting, but it wouldn't shock me eventually if he goes back, if he goes up to 126. I think he had a hard time making weight, um, even though they're not going to say much about it. It wouldn't shock me. Um, but I'll tell you what, great performance by Dogbo. I definitely want to see him again, too, both guys. But uh, good good night of fights on ESPN. To me, ESPN took the weekend, uh, but we did have those HBO fights. Did you watch those, Tim? I watched the big baby fights. I was asleep after that. 
Well, he you know he, he goes in there against you know, Duopaw, who's a tough Frenchman, man. I mean, Duopaw is tough a hell of a fight. Tough as shit. But, um, you know. Sorry to bother you. Know, what's that? God, go ahead and get that up. We have a guest on the line. Um, I've been tweeting people to come in with their thoughts on the fights as well. Sure. Um, we got 213. Can you go ahead and bring him on? All right. 213, you're on the air. Welcome to ATG Radio. 213 dropped. So, who was that, uh, <laughs> KT? <laughs> I had no idea. I'd just been tweeting the whole entire oh, show. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, they, they didn't want to All talk, right. I don't think. If they call back yeah. in, we'll bring him back on. But, um, but no, uh, you, Big Baby Miller, you know, ha- it was fighting a guy that, you know, the two times that he really stepped up against Pavecki and against, you know, Deontay Wilder, you know, he was stopped, tw- he was stopped both times. You know, Pavecki knocked, you know, knocked him out on short notice in six rounds, and then Wilder, you know, had a hell of a fight with him, but it went 11 rounds and he finally stopped him. You know, Jerome Miller couldn't do it. I mean, he, he, I think he had Duopal rocked early and he had him rocked, you know, late, but he just could not pull the trigger all the way against Duopal. Does that, is that a measuring stick for where Jerome Miller is in the heavyweight division right now, Tim? Or do you think that, that Duopal is just one tough son of a bitch? What was that question one more time? Sorry, Dustin. Uh, I'm just saying, do you think that, you know, Jerome Miller, by not knocking out Duopal, do you think it's a gauge of where he's at, you know, compared to the other heavyweight, top heavyweights that he's fought? Or do you think that uh, Duopal is just one tough dude? Yeah, Duopal is one tough dude. I mean, that doesn't. He went 11 rounds with Wilder, who's a harder hitter than Miller. Uh, but, you know, Miller does have some some opportunities to get better, which he might want to work on before going against, like, Joshua, or the fight, which was the fight he was asking for. But that would be another, that would be a good fight for Jennings, to, a good fight to see where Jennings is at and see where Miller's at, put them to, let them dance. Yeah, I think Miller fun. did have Miller's only blemish was a draw to Jelly. Exactly, but you know that that was a draw that I think he got two points deducted also in a four round fight. So I mean, you know, he he would have won if it wasn't for that. But still, you know, Miller, he seems like he's a work in progress. He's a big work in progress. But I think he could pull it together if he. He seems like he might be the type of guy that fights up to his opposition. If he does, you know, Deontay Wilder could be in trouble. I don't feel that fight's going to happen. I think that, uh, you know, Joshua, they're pursuing him a little bit. It's going to be an easy fight to make. They're promoted by the same guy. You know, I would not be shocked if he fights Miller before he fights, you know, Wilder. Oh, absolutely. I think that's the the goal in mind for for, uh, Eddie Hearn. That's why he signed Miller. It's another opponent's state side that can draw that he's building up on his cards. It's definitely we're gonna see Joshua and Miller before we see Deontay Wilder versus either of them. I think we're gonna see Wilder versus Dominic Brazil pretty quick. I mean Brazil's already announcing, you know, to people that he knows and you know on Twitter I think that he's you know gonna be fighting him in the summertime. You know. I mean he's and, and they're supposed to be negotiating, you know, between Wilder and, and and uh, and Joshua, you know, fifty million dollars and all that stuff, you know, that that Waters team claims that he has. It's kind of going back and forth, a lot of drama. I think that's gonna they're gonna fuck gonna around and they're gonna fuck around and mess this fight up, kind of like Gambella Juan Juanma 
back in the day. Oh yeah, just like uh, you know, with uh, with Roy and Bernard in their primes, just the rematch. You know, when they were talking about you know fifty fifty and all that crap. You know, I, it, it, I think it's it's eventually going to happen. I just I hope it don't happen too late. But I think that both guys are so early in their career that we'll we'll, we'll definitely see these guys in their prime. But it ain't going to be anytime soon. I, I'd be shocked if we see it in twenty eighteen. Yeah, it definitely not happen in twenty eighteen. But but you know one thing about Miller, you know his inside work, you know uh, the just the movement, the inside and outside and, and the, the combinations. I mean he is smooth. He he's one of the smoothest three hundred pound fighters I've seen. You know the, the guy does know boxing. He does know you know how, he's a good end fighter. He just you know he gets lazy with that right hand. And if he gets lazy against a guy like Joshua, I think Joshua would dispose him. I think he would really give a tough fight to a guy like Wilder just because of his size. But I think that Joshua is the wrong guy for him. Um, but I would not be shocked if, you know, you know, they talk about Anthony Joshua does not need the United States. You know, he can fight all his fights in the U.K. He's a bigger draw. Eddie Hearn still wants to put him in the in, in the States. I guarantee you he wants to make him a household name. You know, what better, you know, U.S. debut would it be to have him fight Jerome Miller in Brooklyn to Barclay? Yeah, I mean, and it's not a not the big fight that they're risking at all against Wilder. They're not going to fight Wilder in the States. That's going to have to happen in the U.K. where there's more more room for ticket sales. But, yeah, that's a, that's a great play. Have Joshua fight in the U.S. against Miller. There you go. Well, you know, Jarrell Miller, like I said before, he's still a work in progress. He did what he had to do against a tough guy. I mean, he was there was not even a doubt he was going to win that fight, you know, after round four or five. I mean, he was in control. He was in complete control. He just couldn't, you know, put the guy down and out. Um, but he's still, it's, a, it's still a good win, and uh, I think he'll get better from this. And uh, But the main event, Danny Jacobs. You know, tra- or you know, Andre Rozier, trainer Danny Jacobs, you know, ATG family. Uh, he went in there against uh, you know, Selecki. Well, they call him. Well, I forget what they were saying. So, well, how, how do they pronounce his last name? Selinski. How do you get Selinski out of Selecki? I don't get that. I'm going to call him Selecki. But uh, Danny Jacobs scored a unanimous 12-round decision against 26-0 Selecki. Selecki was a tough guy. Gave Danny, you know, some problems early. I mean, I thought he was winning the first, you know, couple rounds. And uh, with that sneaky right hand, you know, uh, a lot faster, I think, than Danny thought he'd be. But then Danny showed his, uh, you know, his championship form. You know, uh, started coming on late. Last round knocked him down. Looked like, you know, Selecki could have been knocked out. Uh, you know, very, very good, uh, you know, check your counter hook that he hit him with. Um, Jacobs did what he had to do. Do you think he proved anything at 160 where he's still at? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he necessarily proved anything that he hasn't proved already. Danny, Danny's one of the top middleweights in the world. It's somewhere between him, Triple G, if you want to classify Canelo as a middleweight, Canelo and Charlo. That definitely didn't change from that fight. Do you think Selecki is tougher than a lot of people gave him credit for? Yeah, absolutely. What's his name? Jacobs can go in there and smash people. And Selecki, or whatever his name may be, stood there with the best of them. Yeah, he got dropped. He looked like he got knocked the fuck out, but the dude got right back up. That was a brutal knockdown, man. <laughs> 
not many guys will survive that at middleweight or even beyond he's a gritty middleweight. Bastard. Yeah, he was uh, he was tougher than hell, and, and that that shot just floored him. He got right, like you said, he got right back up, kept on fighting. Actually, he was doing well after that. Um, you know, the, the thing is, everybody was giving you know Charlo credit last week for knocking out Centeno with that one shot. Well, you know, Selecki, the only blemish on Centeno's record was against Selecki, who knocked him out in ten rounds. So you know, you knew he was no slouch. Uh, the only problem with you know with Selecki is he didn't have the name. He had a good record. He had some good wins, but it really wasn't that kind of name that people thought Jacobs might struggle against. But you know, like like I said, he 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 picked himself up. He had some trouble early. He closed strong. He did what he had to do. The now and after the fight, he called out Charlo. Do you think that Charlo Jacobs can happen? And do you think it can happen soon? Probably happen, but here's the problem. So you look at it like this. The number two ranked fighter for the IBF is, uh, <clears throat> how do you pronounce his name? He's on the show. He trains with them. Derenchenko? Yes, Sergey Derenchenko. Yeah, and Jacobs is number three. Now, chances are, Triple G is going to vacate that bill, right? Because he's not going to defend against Derenchenko before the Canelo rematch. Now, that leaves Derenchenko versus Jacobs for the IBF middleweight title, number two and three. Chances are, since they're from the same camps, basically trained by the same people, that that fight's not going to come off, at least not now, when the money won't be there for it. So then that brings us down to the next viable contender, and that's Charlo. So that will probably be that the fight we'll see first is Derechenko versus Charlotte. Quite possibly. I don't. I don't know if he Maybe. wants that work though. I don't. I, I, Chenko seems like he's going to be avoided to me. Uh, Charlotte's I mean, yeah, he's, he's going to fight the guy, but but it's a risky guy, and I don't know if Heyman would. Do you think Al Heyman would risk his guy against a, a name like Derechenko that can't really bring in that money? Probably not. If he doesn't have the confidence in him, he won't. Yeah. I think the one thing, the, the main opponent that Derenchenko is going to have, the, the biggest problem he's going to have is inactivity because he's going to be avoided. I think I don't think maybe he's going to really want to fight a guy with 12 fights, you know, on that level. You know, they don't want to, they don't feel he's proven enough, but he's feared too because, I mean, he has been proven against certain guys that he's done what he had to do. You know, Toriano Johnson was a tough guy, and he went right through Toriano. You know, and uh, yeah, it just I, I think eventually it could happen, but right now I think the the, the big guns are going to be just kind of looking at themselves. You know, Alvarez, you know, Triple G, you know, uh, Charlo, Danny. So you know, I, they're going they're going to fighting each other. Maybe not Golovkin and uh, you know Golovkin and Triple G. They might fight for two more years. We don't know. You know, they might fight a second fight, then a third fight. We're not even sure if the second fight's going to happen yet because of all the controversies. But you know, speaking of that, you know, it was it was it was said last week that Canelo Alvarez took a hair sample and he um, passed it. So, hey Mike, yeah. Um, sorry to sorry to interrupt. Uh, we had Jack the Shady Grady on the line. <laughs> hey Jack, how's it going, Shady? 
Jack. Well, we got we got also got Andre Rozier on the line. Andre, coach, we are talking about your division. What is going on, coach? Congratulations. What is happening? Fire Pit Crew is all about what the deal is in the middleweight division. Yeah, you got Tim Cudges, you got Andrew Kitner Harley, Mike Doss, and Shady Grady. Somebody, you there, Shady? Shady uh, Grady. Shady has dropped the call. Shady dropped the call, so as soon as he gets back in, I'll let him back on. Okay. So, Andre, <laughs> the middleweight division. Oh, okay. I'm not calling nobody. He's calling. I think I know he's calling. <laughs> Wait one second, Andre. Hello? Hey, how's it going, champ? Who is this? This is Mike Dawson, ATG Radio. Hey, what's up, man? Shady Grady, you know? What's going on? Oh, nothing much, man. Let's talk boxing, man. Let's talk boxing. What do you think? Talking the middleweight division right now. Okay, okay. Mike Doss, you've got Tim Cudges, big time Timmy from Philadelphia. You've got Andrew Kitt, Harlan. You've got Coach of Danny Jacobs, who just fought on HBO this weekend, victorious Andre Rozier. Oh, yeah. You know, I'm a big fan. What division, man? I'm a big fan of Danny Jacobs. You know, I fought on uh, Showtime on the undercard with Danny Jacobs on the when he fought uh, Peter Quillen, and you know, I think Danny Jacobs is the one to beat. Um, I know Triple G. You know, uh, he's up there, uh, but um, Danny Jacobs. I mean, the king of Brooklyn, man. You know. I know that's Andre. Right. <laughs> what are you talking about, that Andre? King of Brooklyn. Hey, yeah. Brady knows the flavor. He's not kidding. That's for sure. <laughs> Danny is Brooklyn, and he and for everyone who wants to know, he called out Charlo directly. Let's see what happens in the response to Bob. Yeah, man, I agree. HBO, he straight up called out Charlo. You have uh, reached the voicemail box of seven four seven two three two. Oh man, no, I'm out of here, man. Yo, it's Shady Grady, man. You already know I'm coming to fight, man. Oh seven and one from Buffalo, New York. Yo, watch for me, all right? Take it easy, champ. <laughs> okay, I, somebody's playing phone tag tonight, and it's fun. I'm I'm down for it. Yeah, we we hound us like champs every time. But uh, yeah, it's gonna end up happening. So if you hear the phone ringing, that's what's going on. Somebody's making a call. But but coach, he 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 had a tough fight, man. Uh, they're calling him Selensky. I'm still calling him Selecki. But Selecki was tough as all get out, man. I mean, you you guys knew he was gonna be a tough cat. You know, even though Danny was wanting to get that early knockout, it wasn't gonna happen. I knew after about three rounds that it was gonna be a long fight. What were your thoughts? I certainly did. I, I was like, okay, after the first round, uh, we were feeling it out in the second round, and Danny came back and he said, hey, this guy's kind of tough. I said, yeah, get, you know, just be prepared for um, 12 rounds of work, and let's get to it. It's that and little that's... movement, man, the inside movement. He was he was herky-jerky inside, and I, it was throwing Danny off. I could see that. And then that sneaky mm-hmm. little right hand. Oh, yeah, he's a, he's a, he got one of those stand trigger right hands. Definitely. And I told him, I, he, said, he said, I'm going 
going to get him. And, and the six, I said, listen, don't worry about getting him. Just that jab moving. Let's push him back because he's very uncomfortable when he goes backwards. And let's get some more body work going. I said, we'll take him one step at a time, but it'll come. Don't force the action. Just keep working. And, um, you know, to select his credit, he stayed strong, and he, and he fought back, and, and he made it a very entertaining affair. So what what did you think of that? I mean, did you, in the fourth round, I mean, Danny just did what he had to do. He, he closed like a champ. I thought he was going to knock the guy out. You know, the guy was actually doing good work at the end of the fight after he got dropped. You know, I told Tim Cudges, you know, on the line right now, that, uh, you know, 95% of the middleweights probably would have, they wouldn't have got up. That was a hell of a damn shot. Yeah, oh, it was a picture-perfect uh, counter-right, on point. And, uh, you know, to once again, to select uh, credit, he got up. And, and not only did he get up, but he started fighting. And, and I got, I said, this kid has got heart, the heart of a lion and the soul of steel. I, I'm, I'm really starting to dig this young man. And uh, wow. he made it a, a, a very, very good bout. He definitely did. He made two people to dance and win some contests, and, and he definitely came to dance. So do you think him calling out Charlo, you know, at the end of the fight, do you think Charlo's listening? Do you think Charlo, Do you think he made a statement tonight? I mean, a oh, statement Charlo's Saturday night. Listening. Are you kidding me? Charlo's listening. Charlo's watching the whole nine yards. He knows it. Danny called him out and said, come on with it. I'm the king of Brooklyn. Come on to the Barclays and let's do it. Well, you know, a lot of people in the division, even people surrounding people in the division, and the reason I'm saying this is because I'm about to get you started. I'm going to get you started, Andre. I'm sorry. This is the fire pit. I ain't trying to make you mad, but guess what? I got I to put this down. There was an interview today on BoxingScene.com. Abel Sanchez. Quote, Jacobs looked terrible, not the same after fighting Golovkin. Abel Sanchez is full of shit. Because <laughs> if that's the case, Golovkin hasn't looked the same after he fought Danny. How about that? There you go. I'm just, I'm, I don't shoot the messenger, man. I'm just letting you know. I'm stirring the pot a little bit, Coach. But no, he, he was interviewed earlier on Boxing Scene. You know what? For every step that Abel takes, I'll respond to it. But the difference is I know my son. That's not his son. And I know what I have to do with my son to make sure he's going to be winning and he'll be right. Well, what gets me is, you know, last week, Jamal Charlo, you know, knocks out Hugo Centeno with one shot. It was a a very good performance. I give him credit. You know, it looked like it was going to start being a, a pretty tough fight early on, and then all of a sudden that one shot just ends the night. But the thing about it is, Hugo Centeno, the one blemish on his record was a guy that, that Danny just fought and that, you know, gave Danny a, a pretty spirited fight. You know, he beat the guy that that uh, that, that Charlo, uh, you know, the, the, the guy that Charlo knocked out. But that was the first blemish on his record. So you knew the guy was a, a tough guy. That That's that's why when, when we were on the show before and they were announcing Slucky as the fight, I didn't really want to see that fight happen, and the reason being is because I know how these fights are. You fight a guy that's 26-0, and 0, you know, you, you score a good win over him. A lot of people don't know the guy. They're going to say, oh, well, you know, he struggled. Well, you don't know how good he is. You know, you don't look at his record deep enough. You know, I knew he was going to be a tough guy. And, but if you don't knock a guy out like that, if you don't perform great against him, it, the, the other people don't know about, they'll, they'll down you for it. 
And that's the only right. problem with fighting unknowns. Well, you know, it, I mean, it is for sure. And um, like I said, you know, Abel Sanchez, he always talks a good one. He really always talks a good one. But if he wants to really get with it, we can get with it. You want to say Danny looked terrible? There was a whole lot of rounds that Triple G had problems with Canelo. Somebody, he said he was going to stop inside the two, three rounds. Even though I thought Triple G won the fight, he had issues. Well, let me ask you, I don't mean to interrupt you real quick. I just want to get Tim's take on this, too. Tim, what do you think about uh, Abel Sanchez kind of throwing a little jab at Danny you know, after his fight against Selecki Saturday night? I mean, Abel Sanchez always throws jabs at everybody whenever he feels like it. All he does is seem to talk. But, I mean, Andre has a good point. You can say the same thing for Triple J when uh, after he fought Danny. He hasn't looked the same. Well, and I'm reading this kind of going in, you know, back and forth. And basically, he's he's saying that Selecki, you know, he should have done better, and it seemed like he faded, or he started slow. And then he was talking about areas too. I mean, but you, you got to remember, in the last two fights, this guy has fought, you know, 26, 36, what, 44 and 0. I mean, the two two guys together were 44 and 0, two back to back undefeated guys, 118 and 0, 126 and 0. You know, you don't know what you're really getting into fighting these guys like that. You know, if you're a mainstream fan, you know they don't know the guy. They don't. If they don't know him, oh, well, I don't. You know, we don't know what he can do. Well, they both proved right. right. Guy. And, and, and Arius was a highly touted prospect. Now, let's look at it. Let's play devil's advocate a little bit. You got Arius versus Danny Jacobs is essentially the same thing. As Triple G versus Darinchenko, that they're afraid to do. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> there you and, go. And, and we and we call for that. We we went so far to the point now that we have to strip him of that IBF title. When he gets in that ring on Saturday night, he will no longer be the IBF champion. Well, they are stripping him. I heard that IBF was going to play ball with him. No. No, we, we, we have put the threats on the line. If it goes down, it's going to be a major loss. Also, so then do Sergey do Sergey and Danny fight? Excuse me? I mean, I highly doubt it, but what if that put Sergey and Danny at two and three for the, for the no, vacant no, IBF? No, we've already, we've already, um, Made it clear that those two won't be fighting each other, not not at this level until they absolutely had to fight, and they don't absolutely have to fight right now. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. I mean, that would be a hell of a fight, but there's a lot of you know, the middleweight division is so deep right now, you know. Uh, but you still have, you know, it still comes down to Golovkin and Canelo. Now that the the fight's been postponed. You know, they're already talking about, you know, doing it again or doing it, I think, what, September now? I mean, that's a whole year this has been tied up. We don't even know what's going to happen with Mark Erosion. I, I, I got a feeling what's going to happen. Andre, Tim, I'm pretty sure you're on the same boat as I am. It's going to be a brutal display for about five or six rounds. I don't think Mark is going to last that long to me. But it's not, you know, the, the same as Canelo. It's not even the same as Danny. It's not, I mean, he's a he's a 154-pound fighter. And he's not really deserving of, of Golovkin to me. Uh, but now, after that fight, they're already talking about the rematch, uh, making it again 
with Canelo and then Triple G. And what happens again if they draw or one guy wins a disputed decision, then a third fight's going to happen. And that's going to be another six months down the road. I mean, I don't feel that should be happening like that, you know, tying up the championships like that. I, I just, I hate it. I really do. Uh, I do you, and this is, this is exactly why we plan to put the foot down and, and, and you know, quote, unquote, sue for it. There you go. That's right. So this is going to court. I mean, if, if they do sanction the fight May 5th against Vonis, the IBF, it's go right. time. Okay. It's go time. Yeah. Well, there you go. You know, and and, and that's that's the thing about it, man. I mean, it, it, there was there, there there was statements last last week about, and I was talking about that when you called in, Andre, and I was talking to Tim. Uh, but apparently, he took a hair test a couple weeks ago. It comes mm-hmm. back, it comes back negative. Everybody's saying he's vindicated now. You know, what are your thoughts about that, Andre? And then after that, Tim, what are your thoughts? Uh, it, you know, it's sketchy. It's really sketchy. You know, we, we don't know for sure um, the who, what, where, why's, and when's. And um, I'd have to actually get better information, and I would actually go to the source. I'd actually call Victor Conti to find out what the logistics are on uh, tests of that nature and information pertaining to it. But um, until I actually do that, um, it's still very sketchy. Do you think that a second fight is going to happen in September? Do you think they're finally going to negotiate again? Do you think that uh, Golovkin is going to be over that? and Or do you think that uh, you know they might just say the hell with it and punish Canelo a little bit and not you know fight in September? Oh, hell no. Of course they're going to. It's all about money. That's it. It's all about money. They. This is why he's going through the motions on this uh, Matarosian fight. It's all about money. And um, with that being said, he's going to fight him because Canelo is the only one that can make him that type of money. So you don't think he's he's going to be still butthurt about all the testing and the, the fact that he's got to fight Vonna's Motorosian next week? You think he'll get past that? Because it uh, seems like he was really shook, man. I mean, it really, you know, he was really pissed. He would have fought Canelo on steroids for the amount of money they were making. <laughs> he, he, wants, he wasn't pulled out of that fight. He could have pissed for steroids 15 minutes before the fight, and Triple G would have fought him. Thank you. Yeah, but the fact is, he, and I'm not saying he wouldn't have, but I'm saying the fact that Canelo is the one that pulled out. Really angered Triple G, put him in a position. They had to, you know, search everywhere to get, you know, the right opponent. You know, the fight almost got canceled completely, and it really seemed that he was pissed off about the whole. I mean, of course he's pissed off about the steroids, but I ain't saying he wouldn't have fought him. But the fact that Canelo pulled out after that, I think that's what really angered Triple G. I don't know. I mean, no one. Go ahead, Andrew. I'm sorry for interrupting. I think that. At that point in time, Canelo knew what he had to do to to help himself. And remember, it's hard it's harder on everybody else than it could ever be on Canelo because Canelo is the money factor. So if he comes up, say this hair, uh, the hair test uh, is utilized for vindication, and quote unquote he is. He's back to being the money man. He's the pay-per-view guy. 
I, so it, I have to agree. <laughs> it's no, it's no uh, ominous situation on his back, but Triple G can't do it. Look, he's he's fighting Vonis Monterosian. It's on regular HBO. I guarantee you, if Canelo was fighting him, it'd be back on pay per view. Yeah. Well, so speaking of that card, that guy, yeah. Go ahead, champ. Go ahead. But um, I well, think speaking of that card, though, real quick, you know, remember what I was talking about last week or the week before? We were talking about you know, uh, you know, bringing a woman's fight on that card. It actually has happened. I'm not saying they listened to him because it really took, you know, Chocolito had to pull out for that to happen. But uh, uh, Cecilia Bracus is going to be fighting Kelly Reese on HBO, first women's boxing match on HBO ever, this coming Saturday night. What do you think about that? Hey, listen, it might, it, I hope a mismatch, because if it's a mismatch, it's going to really hurt women's boxing. But what if it's like a brutal knockout and like you know, and Brockus looks like a beast? You know, it could actually help it too, huh? Well, well yeah, it's, it's it's fine lines of, of the dissection in this thing. If if it's a a match where you see that another one woman is totally outclassed, they're gonna destroy it. Believe me, they're gonna destroy it. They're gonna be like oh, this yeah. is ridiculous. Uh, this is, you got one woman who can fight, the other woman can't fight a leg. I don't ever want to see this again. Well, if any if anybody can blow anybody away in that fight, it's gonna be Brockus because she is a beast. <laughs> Tim Cudges, you know, we were talking about this. You know, like I said, uh, two weeks ago, I was talking about Brockus fighting on HBO. What are your thoughts about that? And do you think it's gonna be a good thing for HBO boxing? Um. I mean, it's good that women are, are getting the fight in the spotlight. Mia St. John never fought on HBO? What's that? Mia St. John never fought on HBO? No. No, she fought on, I think, on a couple of cards, but it wasn't televised. Gotcha. Even Layla Ali, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, they've never televised a woman card, a woman, a woman's fight, period. I mean, yeah, it, it's cool. Good for them. Step in the right direction compared to women's MMA, which is hugely popular. So I guess yeah, that makes sense. Throwing a women's fight in the co-main. Now, if they were going to throw a women's fight in the co-main, you'd think it would be maybe put some attention on American women fighters. Yeah, that's going to have to be down the road too, and and it, it wouldn't it would end up happening. You got Heather Hardy. Hey guys, I got um. I'm calling in uh, Mr. Steve Farhood. He's going to be joining us on this uh, talking show. Okay. Jesus Christ. Hello? Steve. Yes. This is Mike Dawson, APG Radio. How are you? Good. How you doing? I'm doing good, buddy. You got uh, you got me. You got Tim Coaches from Philadelphia. You got Andre Rozier and Andrew Hartley on APG Radio. Very good. Hello. Andre's talking to you, man. Hey, Dre, how are you? I'm doing good. I'm doing all right, buddy, buddy. Congrats on Saturday night. Thank you. I appreciate it. 
You got a lot of FaceTime on that show, man. That was the Andre Rogier show. <laughs> well, I'm trying to hide. I have to work on my hiding. <laughs> Andre is a ninja, man. We all know. <laughs> He's the best, man. He's the best we got in New York. There you go. Hey, uh, speaking of the fight, you know, what did you think about Danny Jacobs' performance, and what do you think right now about the middleweight division? Well, the middleweight division's hot, obviously, and I think uh, Daniel is in prime position to be the next in line after the rematch, uh, which I presume will happen sometime this year between Golovkin and Canelo. And, uh, you know, the, the fight I think me and a lot of fans would love to see is Daniel Jacobs and Jamal Charlo. Obviously, there's political and network concerns and everything else, but that would be such a great sort of a, a semifinal to determine uh, who would fight the winner of uh, of the, the rematch between Canelo and Triple G. So that would that would be fantastic. That's the fight I'd love to see because both guys have looked so good. Right, and you know there's been some drama leading up to that, and of course Danny calling him out on live TV Saturday night. Right. You know, of course. Uh, it, it's, but do you think that you know the powers that that be can actually make that fight happen? Do you think it's a doable fight? Well, I think fights like this at this time with the political climate the way it is happen best when they're mandatories and they seem to get done that way. But obviously, at this point, neither fighter is a champion, so there's no mandatory. Um, it, it's not going to be easy to get made because you know there are contracts and there are networks and promoters involved, and you know we see that with many other divisions as well. So. Not so easy. Plus, I'm not so sure, you know, from a fan's perspective, we'd love to see Jamal and Danny, but I'm not so sure it would be the right move for either fighter at this point because, you know, Daniel, because of his impressive performance against Triple, Triple G and losing, is, is probably next in line to get a shot at the winner anyway. Yeah. Do you think that there also be waiting for Triple G and Canelo to finish their business and everybody's kind of in the, you know, the Triple G Canelo sweepstakes right now? Yeah, well, you know, unfortunately, and this is the part of boxing today that I dislike the most, unfortunately, everybody's always waiting for everything and nobody's fighting. You know, you're getting the top guys in boxing fighting maybe maximum twice a year. And I don't know of any anything that anybody can do that they get better at by doing it rarely. You know, you got to do it more. And, and fighters used to fight three, four times a year. It wasn't that long ago. Now it's not that way, and, and I don't think that improves the – the performance of the fighters when they when they do fight. And you also have you know, regular champions, super champions, super duper champions, interim champions not fighting each other. And you know we we seen that on ESPN you know last Saturday night. It actually had you know got put together with Isaac Dogbe versus uh, Jesse Magdaleno. You know uh, uh, interim t- titles fighting the world champion. You know great fight you know, produced. You know I wish we'd be seeing more of this. You know what were your thoughts about that fight? That was a really good fight. Um, Jesse Magdaleno didn't look 100% right to me. Dog, Dog Bay just followed a game plan, you know, with the body punching and everything else. Um, got off uh, for, for a guy who, who had never fought that level before, to get off the canvas after a knockdown in the very first round, that's awfully impressive. So he really earned it, and he just outfought Magdaleno. He seemed to want it more and kept pounding away at the body, stuck with his game plan, and... Uh, I didn't know the guy very well, and he turned out to be a lot better fighter than I think any of us had realized. Do you think that the time off for Magdaleno had a lot to do with it, or do you think that Dogbay Dog just had that style and that persistent, you know? Yeah, I think more of what you said, more the latter of it. Uh, these days, fighters are coming off year-long layoffs all the time, and you just can't use that as an excuse anymore because it's become the norm. 
Well, you know, we went to, we start, started at middleweight, went back down to 122. Now we're going back up to middleweight. May 5th, Triple G, you know, uh, Martyrosian. What are your thoughts about that fight? I know a lot of people, you know, are kind of dogging the fight. You know, Martyrosian's a tough guy. You've seen him fight Charlo, you know, other guys. You know, he, he hangs in there. He, he's not a 160-pound fighter, but he's still a pretty legitimate, you know, fighter, you know, all in all. Do you think it's going to be a competitive fight? Uh, I, I would doubt it. I would doubt it will be too competitive. Uh, Vanis Martirosian is a very good fighter. He's proven how tough he is. That's been at 154. And, uh, you know, look, it, the, the promoter obviously was in a difficult situation. How good a, a, a substitute you're going to get on that short kind of notice. Um, I, I can't really, you know, I can't say I was expecting much. And, uh, you know, it wasn't like Charlo or Daniel Jacobs was going to come in and fight on that kind of short notice. So, we get what we get, you know, and uh, it's 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 better that Triple G fight even in a, in a fight where he's going to be an overwhelming favorite than not fight at all. Well, you know, given the fact, given that he's victorious Saturday night, which probably everybody, almost 100 percent, people think that's going to happen. Do you see maybe September, you know, him Canelo actually agreeing again, you know, for for the second fight? Do you feel that's going to happen? And and what do you feel about the, the hair test that Canelo took last week? Do you think that's going to vindicate him? Yeah, I know the DNA. I, well, it doesn't totally vindicate him because he still tested positive when he when he tested. Now, you know why he took what he took, what he tested positive for, and in what manner he took it. That's a different question. But there has to be a, a no tolerance, you know, uh, uh, attitude here. And uh, athletes of this level know exactly what they're doing and what they put in their bodies. So I, I can't feel that the hair test really changed anything in my mind. Now, will the fight happen? Usually, you know, in boxing, the easy rule to follow is follow the money. And we know that the money would be great with these two guys. So I think it'll happen. And and you want to do it sooner rather than later, because as we all know, when you wait on a big fight, sometimes things happen and and the fight never happens. So yeah, just, just like Wilder and Joshua, I'd like to see, I'd like to see all the big fights happen now rather than later. Well, Steve, I'll pass you on to my co-host, Big time. Tim Cudges. Tim, you got questions for Steve Farhood. Yeah, Steve, what do you think about the, the fight that was just now? Liam Smith backed out or was injured and pulled out of the, the fight with Saddam Ali. His new replacement, honestly, one of the first times I heard about him when he was being mentioned as a possible replacement for Canelo, but mm-hmm. it wasn't approved. But James Arniga. Well, you know, this Munjia guy, I don't know him. Uh, uh, he's he's obviously stepping way up. Uh, Saddam Ali's a very good fighter. But with that said, uh, Liam Smith's had his chances already. So it's it's not a replacement fight that, that I really, uh, that I don't, I think is so bad. And I, I'd rather see the young, fresher face in there than Liam Smith, who, who we've seen before with, with uh, you know, in losing. So, yeah, I, I look forward to that fight because uh, I want to see what Saddam Ali can do. If he can keep the title. You still there? Yeah. Hello? Hello. Hello, yeah. Hey, I don't know what happened. Uh, uh, Tim, you there? I think we lost him. I think we did too. Well, you know what? <laughs> Andre. Do you have any questions for Mr. C. Farhood for Showtime Boxing? My man, 
<laughs> well, listen, you know, we, we did get this last-minute replacement for Saddam. Um, I never heard of the young man, and uh, I took a glance at him on some of his YouTube work, and uh, he's a tall fighter. Um, he has a, a record that belies what it actually is. Um, he's 28-0 uh, with 24 knockouts, but uh, a lot of those um, – Stoppages were from uh, the butcher baker and the candlestick maker. Right, so, right. So I mean, you know, especially coming out of Mexico and uh, uh, having only careers we fought maybe once or twice outside of that jurisdiction. Uh, I think um, that this is a, a perfect time for Saddam to showcase his true uh, ability. And uh, I told him, I said the the object is to to really put on a great performance. And a guy like um, this young man, you can't let him shine. You can't let him have a moment. This is like a moment he wants to take advantage of it and become that guy. So you're going to have to put the brakes on him and really put a number on to him. And that's exactly what our plan is to do for this fight. Yeah, and that's smart because if the kid doesn't belong, you want to remind him that he's moving way up in class, that he's fighting an Olympian, that he's fighting the world champion. You want to you want to remind him, if you can, early in the fight, that he doesn't belong. You know, because his confidence, he can't have that much confidence coming in, you know, no, given the fighters he's fought, and now he's fighting Saddam Ali. That's a big jump up in class. He must be broke. He must be broke. <laughs> that's, uh, that's what you got to do. That's no doubt about it. Well... I'm all chiming. My and last question. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Mike, this is in regard to uh, uh, Abel Sanchez and Triple G. They did have a dance partner who was offered to them, and his name is Sergey, the technician on and they said no. I, that That's a fight I'd like to have seen. I mean, uh, I, I'm very familiar with Dervianchenko. We've had him on Showtime a few times on Showbox, and He's such a technician, and, and, and that would have been a very interesting fight. I mean, obviously, Dervianchenko would have still been a big underdog, but uh, I think I would like to have seen that a lot more. Because he's a pure middleweight, he's undefeated, I would like to have seen that a lot more than, than, than Vanis. Well, it's the fact that he has 12 fights, too. And I think with Triple G and his team, they're looking at a guy with 12 fights. And, you know, he's, plus, he's, he's from that system over there overseas, and he, he's a tough, tough kid. You know, they know what he can do, and I feel that you know, they they think they're going to fight him down the road, and they probably want to find him for more money, but I'm the same way. I really wanted that fight to happen. I knew we were going to get a guy like Martin Erosion. Um, you know, I mean, they're they're saving Canelo. That's what they're doing. And, and if yeah, well, like and, Chico, and go ahead. Let's, let's not forget Dervanchenko is a, a mandatory for uh, for the title, too. So, uh, you know, he's got he's got to he, – he, theoretically, he's got to get a shot. Sooner rather than later. Well, well Steve, well, my last well, question is about I want to I want to talk to Turkey. Talk Turkey about Deontay Wilder, Anthony Joshua, fifty million dollars on the table, maybe, maybe not. <laughs> there, uh, there, there's some drama going on with Eddie Hearn with you know with uh, you know Deontay Wilder's team. Do you think that the fight's going to happen? Do you think it's going to happen this year? Do you believe that there really is fifty million dollars on the table? Well. The offer was made, and if they if the Joshua team accepts it, and then they can't come up with that kind of money, well, then they look pretty silly. So, you know, you got to remember Wilder is represented by you know veteran people, 
you know, uh, Al Heyman and, and, and Shelly Finkel. And, and these people have negotiated big fights before. So, yeah, I, I think that it's, there's no doubt Joshua's side has more leverage because they have, you know, they can draw 80,000, 90,000 people. The guy's gigantic over there. Um, they have, you know, they have uh, uh, a, a huge, huge fight with Tyson Fury if it ever materializes. And he's been making so much more money than Wilder. So, yeah, he's got leverage. But uh, I think that's what that offer was all about, to try to take away some of that leverage from Eddie Hearn and make it more of a, a level playing field. So I, I think there's a chance we could see it. Eddie Hearn, if you believe what he says, says that they're you know within 10% of being on target now. And uh, fight fans can only hope that it happens this year. Because, again, anytime you delay a fight, heavyweights, we know Wilder's had injuries. You know, both fighters have been vulnerable in recent fights, uh, Joshua with Klitschko and Wilder with Ortiz. So you want to get it done while it can still be done. Given the knockout records of these guys, the fight doesn't need to wait any longer. So let's let's get it on. I'm going to ask you like this. It. Who right now, I mean, you know, Wilder's getting better after every fight with Ortiz. I mean, he, he showed improvement. You know, Anthony Joshua, you know, to me he's not really getting better, but he's, he's still showing that he's, you know, he's got major skill, and then he's a champion. Um, at this point, this year, the fight happens. You know, who are you kind of leaning for in this fight? Who do you think is going to win? Oh, I, I can't even say. I really can't even say. I would put it this way. Whoever lands first is going to win because they're both vulnerable. They've both got big punches. They've both been hurt. Um, and, you know, I think Wilder could control some of the early rounds with his jab. Maybe it would take Joshua a little longer to warm up. But uh, they both they both have the, the big punch and they've both been hurt recently. So I think whoever lands the big shot first wins probably by knockout. Up and coming guy fought fought Saturday night on HBO. Jarrell Big Baby Miller uh, fought on Showtime many times also before. Do you think he's improving? What were your thoughts about him against Duopaw on HBO? Well, I think Duopaw was a perfect opponent for for Big Baby because Duopaw takes a, a big shot. We know that from when he fought. Uh, Wilder. And uh, I think Big Baby looks good. I mean, you know, when, when you hear the number 300 pounds, the first thing you think about is, oh, he's not in shape. Well, you know, he he, he fought, he closed well. He, he seemed quick enough to me. He threw enough punches to me. So that number that we're all obsessed with about weight with Big Baby doesn't seem to affect his performance that much. Um, I would like to see him fight um, Joshua. I just don't want to see it happen before he, Joshua fights Wilder. But Big Baby is something the division needs. He's first of all, I love him. He's from Brooklyn. I'm from Brooklyn. Love it. Love that aspect of him. He's got a big mouth, which is great for for the heavyweight division. Um, and I, you know, I, I don't think there are that many young, good young heavyweights that we'd like to see. A couple of them are coming up: Tony Yoka, Joe Joyce in England, and a few other guys. But Big Baby is uh, is the future, and uh, I think he would be the the most logical opponent should Joshua and and uh, Wilder fight each other next. Oh. Well, I'll tell you what, Andre. I'm gonna let you have the last last question tonight. All right. Andre All right. he wants to know the twenty bucks uh, I owe him. He wants to know when he's gonna get that paid. <laughs> hey, I'll get you. I'll get you that, Dre. I'll get it to you. <laughs> hey guys, so my, 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 my hey, Franco, the, wait, wait my one second, Andre. Go ahead, is, go ahead, uh, Andre. Oh, okay. My question is, uh, Steve. Do you think at this point in time, uh, has 2018 started off a little bit better than 2017 to you, to the world of Well, I think 2017 was a great year, 
And to pat myself on the back a little bit of the people I work with, I think Showtime has had a tremendous first half of the year, which isn't done yet. We still got, you know, Badu Jack Stevenson, and we still got Maris, Santa Cruz, and, 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 you know, a lot of big fights coming up. Um, Gary Russell and Jojo Diaz is a big fight that's something that, to look forward to. But I think that 2018 is going to be remembered either as the year the heavyweights fought or the year the heavyweights didn't fight. And ultimately, I think that's how we're going to judge 2018. Well, Steve, man, it's been a great, you know, great interview with you. Good, good to have you on. We look forward to seeing you on, on Showtime again here pretty soon. And uh, uh, just thanks for coming on, man. Good stuff. Good to talk to you guys. Take care. And, Dre, I'll see you soon, man. Uh, we, Andre. Yeah, I'm here. Okay. Uh, he said Take care, guys. Soon. <laughs> Take care, buddy. Uh, Bye. Bye-bye. Showtime yeah. announcer. I, yeah, I guess you come blow by blow, man. Huh? I just was cut off. I don't know what happened. <laughs> I don't know what happened either. I, I was like, first you're answering, you're answering a question, then you're gone. I'm like, okay. <laughs> but but Showtime analyst Steve Farhood, always knowledgeable, good stuff. It has to be another Brooklyn guy. You know, we we got Brooklyn taking over tonight. So you gotta but, love it. You gotta love it. Definitely. I'm gonna bring in our next guest. We got we got a not a guest, man. This this guy. Very, very good fighter. You know, former featherweight. You know, uh, last, I think last year he fought. Uh, he fought Jose Haro and uh, had some issues. Uh, you know, uh, after the fight, I'm gonna let him talk about it. Really, really good guy. Uh, nicknamed Twitch Daniel Twitch Franco. Daniel, welcome to ATG Radio, my man. Nice. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Hey, not a problem. How's everything going with you? Just uh, talk to the fans and tell them uh, what's going on with Twitch. Um, everything's been good. You know, recovery's been going as well as it can. And you know what? I've I really haven't been paying attention much to the boxing scene lately because you know, just just my bitterness to uh to just to the the sport and what happened to me and all the a lot, a lot of the promoters within the sport I see a lot of the deceitfulness that they show a lot of fighters and you know I just, I just want I I want to be able to change the sport to better it for fighters you know to make sure everybody is safe inside the ring and then you know um a lot of the deaths that occur you know that recently you know, I've I've been keeping up to date with a lot of um, the injuries and everything that goes on within the sport, and you know, it's it's terrible. You know what what happens to a lot of the fighters every single year, and you know, I I just I just wish there were better there were better circumstances in order for this to happen rather than a career ending one for me to actually see what is going on behind the, behind that veil. Well, I'm going to tell you what we, you know, a couple of years ago, actually it was back, uh, back in 2012. And you know, we've been on for about our eighth, almost ninth year, but we interviewed a guy back in 2012. His name was Kieran Farrell. And he fought. A, he fought Anthony Crawler. Uh, he was a, a future WBA champion as a division of lightweight. But this was for the the British, the BBC uh, English lightweight title. And right before he fought yeah. him, about a week before we had him on, you know, great interview, undefeated kid, you know, just on top of the world. And Anthony Crawler fight happens. He he has bleeding on the brain, and he collapsed after the fight. He lost the fight. You know, a ten round decision. 
and uh, well, his, his career was over. And you know they they thought they lost him. They thought he you know they thought he died. I mean I think he did, and they got him back. Uh, you know this guy hasn't fought since 2012, but now he's an up and coming. You know he's a promoter. He's he's working with fighters. He's training guys. He's got a stable of guys you know, uh, you know around him. I mean he, he's really more on top of the world now than he was before he fought Anthony Crawler. So does that wow. does stories like that kind of you know kind of help you out a little bit and kind of give you some incentive? Uh, you know, I can tell you love the game. I know you, you you're not really you know big on the people involved. In, in some cases, there's a lot of you know uh, deceitful people, a lot of shady people in the business. Does that give you more yeah. fuel to maybe do something in the game yourself and make it better for other guys coming up? Oh, definitely. That's definitely what I want to. I do want to start some type of foundation, some type of um, organization that I am able to to speak for the fighters. I'm able to have a voice out there that is going to be, you know, protecting a lot of the fighters. And, you know, I'm, I'm currently in the process right now of actually um, making that into reality and, you know, no details yet, but... I'm in. I'm in the pre-mits of that. I'm currently uh, doing that. So, needless to say, boxing is not going to be. You know, we're not going to be missing Daniel Franco. You're definitely back in the sport somehow. <laughs> yes, definitely. I'm. Uh, you know, I, I. I chose this life when I when I was a kid, and I. You know, I fell in love with it at a very young age, and you know, I I want to continue to contribute to boxing and make it as best as it can be. You know, I want I want boxing to be you know lovable. I want it to be you know still a brutal and and crazy sport that people put their lives on the line every single time they step in that ring, and that's a lot of that's a lot. That's a it's a big feeling that a lot of people will not understand and will not even experience in their lifetime and it's you know it's it's great to be in front of the in front of a giant crowd that is cheering your name that's cheering you on and you know i i just want people to experience that in the safest way possible well i'll tell you what daniel you got some you got some big fans on on here tonight um first i'm gonna pass you on to tim cudges big time timmy you got any questions for Daniel Twitch Franco? Or not? <laughs> well, I'll tell you anything. We also have. You guys we've got Andre Rozier, trainer. What's that? What was that? I said, I said you guys want to hear about, the... like. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I was going to pass it on to Andre Rozier. Andre, you got a question for Daniel Twitch Franco? Uh, yeah. Hey, Dan. How you doing, buddy? Good. Good. Nice. Nice to hear from you, was there. Oh, very okay. Listen, I, I know. I know exactly how you feel. Um, me uh, being a trainer, uh, I'm definitely an advocate for all uh, things going on in the boxer's uh, direction. Oh, and of course, because you. You invest a lot of yourself into your fighters, your time, your energy, and your, you know, even emotional support to your fighters. I know how it is to train people as well. Yeah, and, you know, because I've gone through situations, and uh, we've tried our best to to be understanding, but it's, it's really difficult because 
the the other side of boxing, the promoters and the managers, sometimes they can be really really piece of crap. And um, <laughs> and they don't understand that, especially if there's a, a, a disillusion of a relationship between a fighter and a promoter, a fighter and a manager. They want to carry and and can just keep the negativity going on and on. And they don't understand that a fighter's career is a limited basis uh, event. That you don't have a lifetime in boxing. You have a short period of time. And then saying that, when a relationship breaks down and is becoming toxic, promoters don't want to let these fighters go and and try to make a living at the sport they have chosen. And it's a time-sensitive thing. So it really does burn me up when these guys do the things they do. And I wish there was something that could be done to bring bring about some change so that fighters don't end their careers sitting on the sideline because there was a disagreement between the uh, uh, middle management and the fighter. Yeah. You're right, man. I mean, uh, we, we lost Daniel. I, I, the call dropped somehow. I'm going to see if he'll come back on. But, but I mean, you're, you're making sense of everything you said. You know, and uh, it, it, it's a it's a sad situation. A guy like Daniel Franco, you know, has to talk about how, how many bad people there were in boxing. You know, the fact that he almost gave his life for the game. You know, I'm, I'm just glad he's coming back and he's doing some good things in the sport. And uh, I wish him all the best, man. He's a good kid. Yeah, it's it's like really insane, Big Mike. <laughs> but he's, yeah, uh, but it's sad almost to a point. Well, I, I mean, have some good you see it. You see guys, you know, managers and and promoters, and you know, guys getting brutally knocked out in one fight, and then they they put them against a you know a guy even better than the guy that just knocked him out, you know, and I'm like, are you guys kidding me? Are you? And like a month, two months down the road, they're fighting again. You know, there, there's a, there's a, a a guy that I knew. I'm not really going to name drop, but I mean, it, it's, it's a bad deal. This guy, he fought an undercard fight a long time ago. Fought an undercard fight, but it was a horrible. It wasn't a beating. It was it was a headbutt, but it was such a hard headbutt. You heard it through the. I mean, you hear it on the TV like quap bow. Just like that, you heard it. It, it. it was so bad that it knocked him out. The head. Wow. He got up and he wasn't the same after that. You know, I mean, it, it, the fight ended finally, and uh, you know, he ends up fighting on these uh, these little cart, these little little shows, little club shows. After that, and he was fighting like a month after that. I mean, and that was a brutal headbutt. And then come to find out, he ended up fighting a, a, a former world title challenger, and he ended up getting killed in the ring. And uh, his, wow. his brother is also a professional fighter. And uh, but I, I've seen that happen. What's that? Hey, I'm letting y'all know that ringside, ringside reports had uh, said that this is the ATG radio show that he knows and it's a great broadcast tonight, folks. So he's uh, giving us a very high rating. Well, thank you, thank you very much, Ringside Reports. We appreciate that. We're going to keep on doing it, man. I mean, you know, things get slow, get kind of, kind of go up and down sometimes, and uh, you, you got to take the take the best of the bad and the best of the good. And uh, you know, we're having a great show tonight. It's just it's much appreciated. You know, the listeners are enjoying it. That's that's what really matters. But but yeah, uh, but Andre, that, that's that's the thing about it. I mean, these guys, you know, there are some corrupt people in the business, but there are also some great people in the business too. And yeah, I'm just I'm 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 glad that you know like your fighters are with some good people, 
you know, I've seen a lot of great, you know, stuff happen, but, you know, Daniel is right. You know, there are some, uh, you know, there are some deceitful people out there. You know, I, I, somebody had a great question. Of, uh, he was signed with Rock Nation. You know, most people know that uh, about about Twitch. But Dap Boxing is asking, you know, please ask Daniel Twitch if he's heard from Rock Nation. I want to get Daniel back on so we can ask him that question. I really want to know that. Uh-huh. Yeah, I was but well, I'm gonna see what we can't do to get him back on. But uh, but coach, you know, let's uh, let's let's talk. What we're gonna talk about now? <laughs> we talked about pretty much everything. Uh, we, we covered a lot, man. Hey, did you? I knew you were busy. I knew you were doing your thing. Well, for one, let me ask you, what do you think about Big Baby? How do you think he looked Saturday night? Were you watching? Were you and Danny watching in, in the dressing room, or you were you busy working? Yeah. Uh, we were watching in the in the back, and uh, we didn't saw. We thought initially we said, "Well, we had to be ready just in case Big Baby stops this guy." But uh, after the second round, I say he's not going to stop him. This guy is here to stay. Uh, he's showing some fortitude and some wherewithal. And um, and listen, I love Big Baby. He you know he calls me Uncle Dre, and he's one of my nephews, my legion of wonderful nephews. And um, I just like to honestly see him come in lighter to perform better so he can shine. I, that's what I want. That, that keeps on happening. <laughs> Keep on hearing piano playing. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody's playing piano to your music, I mean, to your, to your commentary, man. Holy <laughs> I kind of like it. It's kind of classy. <laughs> Oh my but you know, I see where you're coming from, though, uh, Coach. You know, the thing about it, you know, he, he looked really good in there in spurts. I mean, he was doing really, really well. You know, he was slipping punches. I mean, it ain't every day you see a 303 pound guy slipping punches, rolling punches. You know, going back and forth. You know, a little movement. You know, fighting on the inside like that. I mean, he, he has talent. You can definitely see it. Uh, he he had him hurt a couple times. He really couldn't finish it, but I, you know, Tim Cudges was saying it's really a testament on how tough Duopal was, and the right. guy has a hell of a chin, man. Oh man, that guy right there, he's it's like bordering on super ridiculous. But what what Jarrell Miller, the problem was was when he would land, he he'd get on the inside, he'd he'd start kind of wailing punches. And he wasn't really, you know, being as precise as, as Walter was being with that right hand. And right. he could have he could have stopped the guy. He could have, in my opinion. Right. But right. he still did what he had to do. You had a 300-pound guy going 12 rounds, won almost every single round against, you know, a, a pretty quality opponent. And, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's really going to hurt him, his value, any not getting that knockout, not not getting a knockout that Pavekian got or that Deontay Walter got. You know, it happens on any given night. You know, one guy that somebody knocked out goes 12 rounds against somebody else. And then they, they, when that somebody else fights, they end up beating the guy that knocked the guy out. Styles make fights. They always do. You're absolutely right. And uh, sometimes those guys just they evade the knockout. And uh, it's no it's no uh, bad image on the guy that, that couldn't as long as he was putting that work in. And that much I will say, uh, Big Baby was putting that work in. Well, you know, he he was doing what he had to do, in my opinion. You know, he he still got some room to grow. He's got to get better, in my opinion, to be on the top level. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know who we're calling, 
This is going to be interesting. <laughs> Always fun on the fire pit. <laughs> well, it's just ringing out. <laughs> oh, okay. I know who we're calling now. This is going to be a treat. Oh, come on, answer. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message system. Three, one. Oh, man. You know who that was, Andre? That was, that was who's the boss, baby? Tony Danza. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah, maybe he'll call back in. I was trying to call it in the uh, screen room, but I don't know how to use it very well. I'm still learning. Oh, it's all right. Sorry. It, it's, all, it's always fun just doing it that way. Because you never know. It puts us on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, exactly. We better be ready. <laughs> but Tony Dan's a blast from the past. Yeah, I heard he's a school teacher in like Philly or New York or something now. And like he dropped Hollywood completely and now just teaches like high school something. Really? Yeah. Oh, Former boxer what? himself, seven and zero. Wow. I don't know if you've seen wow. any old Tony Dan- Tony Danza fights, but oh, I yeah, have a couple in my collection. Guy was talented. Yeah, he would. He would. He would come to fight. Now Tony would come to fight. He, yeah, he fought around the, the the amateur days that you fought. I, no, because I think how old is Tony now? I mean, he's in his fifties. Maybe. Well, he might be a little bit older now. I think he's. I, I thought he was like in his late fifties. Yeah, he might be in his late fifties. I think he's about maybe four or five years older than I am. Oh, is he? Well, yeah. he uh, he has some talent, man. But you know, he had all the, the the big show. You know, he was all over TV, and then all of a sudden he just drops everything, and you know, just wants to live as a school teacher now. It would have been good to have him on, but you know, we got his number. Right, maybe he'll call back. Okay. Cool. <laughs> oh, before we before we go any further, I just want everybody to know that tomorrow God has blessed me with another year. It will be my birthday, May first, and uh, that <laughs> win was a birthday present. And Saddam says. He's gonna give me another win on Saturday, May twelfth. To it'll be a late birthday present, but none, nonetheless, he will be giving it to me. <laughs> Happy birthday, good champ! Good champ. Happy nice. birthday. And awesome, birthday. man. On Wednesday night, on Wednesday night, we're gonna have uh, Raul Marquez on on the uh, on the air with us Wednesday night. My man. Oh, that's great. That's great. Me and Raul go. We go back a long ways, man. Raul is good people. Yeah, he's a good friend of mine. Been knowing him for yeah, about what twenty years. <laughs> well, that's awesome. Well, thanks, thanks, KT. Appreciate that. It's going to be good to have him on. And uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a great weekend of fights. You know, did you did you DVR anything? You know, coach, did you look back? Did you watch the ESPN fights or the Fox fights? Anything like that? I, I had the uh, ESPN fight on lockdown. Um, I didn't uh, get a chance to. Lock in the fox fights. I was just running a little too busy. Oh but, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit, <laughs> just a little bit, just a pinch. <laughs> but well, but uh, let me, let me I, ask I'm you what your thoughts were about Dogbo Magdaleno. I I thought if I ain't mistaken, I think I picked Dogbo to win that fight. But yeah, I'm not I'm not a hundred percent sure. I can't remember my picks. No, but I do. Dogbo was going to bring it, and he you did. did. You picked Dogbo. We picked Magdaleno. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? We all picked Joey DeWaco. <laughs> yeah, we did. We did. But you, know, you know what? what? He, he, he did all right, man. I mean, Jennings showed that he had a he had a little bit more in the tank than I thought, and I was impressed. I mean, 
you know, uh, DeWaco faded late, and if you train with Freddie Roach in the wall card, if you, you should be in shape. And I'm not saying he wasn't in 100% shape, but he, he just he should have had a little more stamina than me. Well, I mean, he should have. Literally, he should have been a little bit lighter, and um, that would have helped him be a lot quicker and have a little bit more uh, endurance, and I think he would have fought uh, a whole lot better. See, I've watched Joey, and I told Joey before. I said, Joey, come work with me, and we can rock and roll. I'd love to have Joey because I would – I would fine tune his butt, and he would be something to see. I trim you him down. Say ass. Go ahead and say ass, man. We're on. We're on. Uh... <laughs> I mean, I'm gonna go for it, Captain. I'm gonna go for it. I would fine tune his ass, and he would have been uh, spelt 225 pounds, and he would have been kicking butt. You'd have. You'd be having Joe DeWaco chasing Curtis Stevens in the damn ring. That's I right. I know what you'd be doing. You'd be exactly. having. <laughs> You'd be having him chasing Richard Tommy in the ring. Exactly. You'd be like, oh, man. Oh, close and tired. Yeah, the piano plays. What the <laughs> hell is that? But, but yeah, the, the thing about it, Joey, you know, he started so good. And, and it, it looked like we were going to be right in the first couple of rounds. He was, he was being first. He was being the boss in the ring. And then, but it, it's kind of a testament of maybe his stamina not being 100%. It was also a testament of, you know, Brian Jennings kind of figuring him out a little bit and getting stronger. You know, I was right. wrong about Brian. I'm not saying that he's not 100% shot. I, I, like we talked, me and Tim talked about maybe a kind of like Amir Mansoor against Brian Jennings would be a hell of a fight. And that's the kind of guy that, you know, if you're, if you're not your, your best, a guy like Mansoor is the kind of guy that will test you. Oh, yeah. Without a doubt, that's for sure. So I, I want to see that. I, 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 but is, so is this an open invitation from Andre Rozier to Joey DeWaco? Come to Brooklyn, baby. Let's make it happen. That's right. This is a wide open invitation. All day before the night, the eve of my birthday, Joey, I'm telling you, come to the House of Havoc and things will happen. Hey, I'm gonna say something. I mean, I'm not. I'm not blasting anybody. I'm not going off. And you, me and this guy have previous history. But I'm not. You know, I'm not disrespecting. But I am gonna keep it real. <laughs> oh my God! Really? <laughs> to be continued. Hey, Captain. Who's ever on the mixing board tonight, boy? <laughs> they're they're having some fun. I don't know who this is. But that's how good we are. Yeah, I know. This is Jesse hey. James Lehaw, guys. Oh, okay. I know Jesse. No, he's not answering. He's probably training right now. He's got his own gym in San Antonio. Oh, okay. No, he ain't going to answer. Okay. No, I kept on muting you for a minute, Andrew, because it keeps on playing piano on your phone. <laughs> I'm getting ready to sing. I hear that piano again. I'm going to sing. It's actually quite good. Quite good. (laughs) So let me ask you. All right. Here's what I was going to start on. Okay. A certain fighter at 154, a champion that me and him and and you, Andre, we've had history. (laughs) 
actually put his number on the phone, on the show, and you know it's kind of an ugly ordeal. You know, hung up on him. But Jermel Charles, though, he's a talented guy. You know, a good fighter. Got a got a nice fight coming up here pretty soon. But he yeah. said a little bit on Twitter about a certain fighter that you know, not not Danny Jacobs, Curtis Stevens. Oh, what did he say? I am going to. I just want to see what your thoughts about that is. Um, let me see here. Uh, man, he tweets a lot, Tony. <laughs> Maybe he tweets. I don't know. He said something about Curtis Stevens, like uh, you know, something about you know, he can't get that work or something. I can't remember. Wait a minute. Let me. Uh, I'm, I'm off. What the hell? It's, it's weird. He can't. Well, well, there was something about earlier I seen about about you know Jermel Charlo tweeting out something about Curtis Stevens. He might have deleted. It, I don't know. Oh. But I'm looking. I'm looking back. And I was just going to run that by you, see what you thought about it, because uh, you know Curtis, hey, he wants to fight. I know he does. <laughs> well, listen, uh, we know, we know it, it's already Curtis will fight anybody. But he, Curtis is coming down to 54. The number you dialed is not a working number. Please check the number and dial again. <laughs> El número que marcó no está en servicio. Verifíquelo y márquelo de nuevo. Yeah, we're going to hear that. Sorry. Message 3, CA02MO. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, I don't know if it got deleted or what happened, but, uh, but yeah, there was some stuff about uh, Curtis Stevens on there. So, but anyway, he might have deleted it. But so, is that a fight that you guys are maybe pursuing, or what? What's going on with Curtis? Well, he's going to be back in action in July. It'll be his first fight at 54, and um, I, I say look out. He's he's back in in the house of havoc, and he's been really applying himself and. Uh, I think that it's going to be major trouble for anybody that fights him. So he he's officially at 154 now. He's officially going to be a 154 pounder. Man, that's what I'm talking about. Well, I looked around and I, I don't see it anymore. So you know, I don't know what's going on. He might have deleted a tweet. <laughs> if you delete a tweet about anybody, it'd be Curtis Stevens. I mean, to be honest with you. <laughs> You know, I can throw hands if I have to, but I'm not. I'm an old guy now, so I, I don't really worry about that. But he had me. Uh, he had me shook on the phone. I mean, this guy, he is one intimidating dude, man. <laughs> I ain't shooting. Him. Well, he he has he has that 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 way about him. But I know, um, right now he he's been really helping because he's in the gym helping Saddam get ready, and. Um, you know, he loves Saddam to death. That's his little brother. And uh, we were just joking about it today. We said that uh, Curtis is going to be at 54, and all the big guns that want to try to jump on Saddam, Curtis is going to be standing there waiting for him and say, come on, you're going to have to fight me. <laughs> so so <laughs> I said they're going to be all diverting in different directions. But, uh, yeah, we're going to get him ready. And um, I told him, I said, this is this is his uh, swan song. He has to perform uh, at peak levels, and I'm going to give him some time to uh, prepare. But he says he's going to become a junior middleweight champion of the world, and there's nothing that's going to stop him. There you go. There you go. 
now. We've been middleweight, heavyweight, back and forth, featherweight. <laughs> uh, so Danny had a good performance. You know, a lot of people, you know, uh, like some, I read, I just read, read little things. Some people said, well, you know, he was a tough guy. He kind of underestimated him. That's what some people said. Some people say that Danny's kind of fighting at the level of his competition. I don't really buy that. I just think that it was a tough dude. He's a better fighter than people give him credit for. This guy goes down to 154. He could probably be a champion. So like, oh, I, I, I agree with you. I mean, it's he's a he's a tough dude, uh, and um, he he brought his A game. And being that no one really knows of him, it's easy to make assessments like what are going on now, and and and. You actually take away from Selecki when you say, oh, well, you know, Danny took him lightly. No, this kid came to fight. He's the real deal. So give this young man the credit he deserves. He had a sneaky right hand. That right hand really pissed Danny, or, uh, you know, pissed him off. You could tell. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lightning quick crossover that I, I was like, well, 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 look at here, look at here. <laughs> yeah, you knew it was a fight after that first round. I mean, I thought he oh, won the yeah. first round. But then, you know, Danny finally, uh, you know, he shook it off. He started, you know, keeping his composure. He started focusing, and then he started working that body. I wish he would have worked that body more, but, right. you know, he, he, he knew what he was doing, especially in the last round. You know, he, he finished it like a champ, and, uh, you know, but the guy was tough. You know, he'll definitely be back. But even though he's calling out Charlo, let's be realistic. Let's play matchmaker. You're the coach, but I know you play matchmaker in your head all the time with your guys. Yes, I do. What are you thinking right now, Mr. Matchmaker, Danny Jacobs? You want to keep him busy, don't you? Uh, da- see, Danny likes to be busy. And I know we're, we're supposed to fight in August, so we're staying busy. We just don't know who the dance partner is. So here we go. <laughs> K- KT, who are we talking to? Sugar Ray Phillips. Oh, okay. He's like 60, dude. Pass his bedtime. <laughs> oh, no disrespect, Andre. You're not quite there yet. But this guy's kind of older, man. Hell of a fighter, though. He's not answering. <laughs> you never know what you're going to get with ATG Radio. Never know. That's why I love it so much. <laughs> And Tim, and Tim better wait till we have our breaks in our conversations to stop lamming us with him. <laughs> no, I think I don't know. I don't think it's Tim. I think it's somebody else. But you know, yeah. Well, uh, but I'll tell you what, guys. A, certain, a lot of a lot of our Twitter followers are asking for a certain person, asking for him. You know, many times, uh, the Godfather. And I'm hearing that uh, Monday's looking very good. So. You know, uh, I'm not going to say much more than that, but uh, you know, we'll be seeing somebody uh, that we ain't seen in a, in a in a while come back on on Monday night. And uh, but all right, let's go back to Matchmaker again. We're putting our Matchmaker hat back on, Andre. Exactly. Danny Jacobs, who do you like in middleweight right now that you just you know it, just be a great fight? Not the Charlos, not everybody else. A, a doable fight next. Uh. Okay, do do we do do I have to exclude Golovkin, Canelo, and everybody else? <laughs> well, you know, you know, you do because you know that's not going to happen. <laughs> okay, um, <laughs> you know, I would like to actually 
keyboard, I don't have him on the radar, but uh, Marat, I would like to see Danny and uh, Marat get it on because he he is a, a quote unquote um, a world champion. If you if you would acknowledge the WBA's regular status, but um, he's a good fighter, he's a solid fighter. Who's uh, that? Like oh, Marat. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good like, fight. There you go. You know, but you know that that fight would not be in Brooklyn. That fight would be in Japan. Well, listen, that we know where the money is, so we would go. You know what? And uh, just some good food over there, man. Exactly. <laughs> it it hey, makes sense. Quick, uh, I want to. Uh, I wanted to do a ten bell salute to uh, Jesse Reed Jr. You know, he did pass away. Yeah, we were gonna we we're gonna talk about that, man. Good looking out. Let's go ahead, uh, Jesse Reed Jr. I know you you know him. Uh, Andre is a real sad deal. You know they uh, they show up at the airport. At the, it happened at the airport, I believe, in Philadelphia for the fights. And uh, they show up, and and Jesse Reed, I think he fell and and he died all of a sudden. And uh, he was a real good guy. His dad, hell, we had Jesse Reed uh, Senior on the show what a couple months ago, Andre. Yeah, and was a fantastic interview also. Very knowledgeable guy, and his son was a good person. Had a lot of friends, and just a no, you know, just a good family. Horrible. So, Ken Bell salute Jesse Reed Jr. Our, our thoughts, our prayers with the Reed family. Go ahead, champ. Let's do it. Jesse Reed Jr. From yes. everybody at ATG yes. Radio, our thoughts and prayers with you guys. Uh, okay, champ. Andre, I found what I was looking for. <laughs> okay, let's go. Let's go. All right. Desperate for a check type of bum. Ha, ha, ha. He finally woke up. Keep running your mouth is now in session. Enjoy the publicity or the pub RT at Fight Hype video. Curtis Stevens says he'll bust Jermel Charlo's ass at 154, and Jermel bitched out with Jacobs. And Jermel bitched out with Jacobs. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was Curtis's idea. He said uh, Danny can fight uh, fight one, and he'll fight the other. <laughs> Yeah, so apparently it was kind of Curtis talking some smack, and Jermell's kind of defending himself. So I, I gotta, you know, I, I gotta apologize to Jermell just saying that he's out there talking smack. It was kind of started through Curtis. So. Oh yeah, well he's the he's the one that was started. But he might finish it too, man. He's got that power. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. That's that for would sure. be a There's good fight no- to see. 
Oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt, definitely. I can you know pretty I mean? much guarantee you that uh, the, the first shot that Charlo uh, felt will be the shot that woke him up and had him on his bicycle. Well, I'll tell you what, he's, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it, it'd, be a, it'd be a good fight. I, I really kind of want to see that after after thinking about it. And, you know, let's see how, how Curtis looks at 154. I mean, it's been a while since he's been there. Right. Right. But how, how's exactly. he, how close is he at 154 right now, and how is he looking, you know, not at 160? Uh, he's uh, he, he's in, on the, uh, about maybe a 162, 163, and he hasn't turned it up yet. So He was walking around like a 182, though, right, before? Before he was, but now he's walking around about 155. Oh, yeah, man. Okay. Um, and, so he'll um, make 154 quite easy. Exactly, exactly. Okay, and, so I mean, is is he dieting, or is he on a different plan, or is he is he doing the well, vegan thing like yourself, or? No, he's just doing it a little bit cleaner. He's not junking out because uh, uh, they they would go out and they they eat like they would eat. <laughs> they well, go to steakhouse. I was going to say, Curtis don't look like the guy that'd be eating vegan pizza, man. He looks like a T-bone no. type of cat, man. I'm just... No, not at all. Not at all. He's Those a meteor. They go, to, they, go to, they go to Peter Lugas, and there's about three or four cows that are missing after they're done. <laughs> <laughs> and Canelo, they won. Exactly. <laughs> so uh, he's, he's definitely tightened that up. And, Watch um, them cows, baby. Uh-huh, <laughs> for real. But we, we're going to make sure we get them down. And Chris is, of course, in our, my um, my nutritionist nephew. And um, he always gives advice to the guys. And and uh, once we get him out of his situation, uh, he's um, in some disputes with Joe uh, DeGuardia. And once we get him out of it, he'll be boxing again. Yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, that's a uh... – you know, he looked good. He looked good in there. And he was, uh, you know, he looked like he was in, in good shape. Hell, he looked like he could have fought. I was like, man, is that Chris Algieri? He looked a lot oh, lighter than he looked before. Oh yeah, he's, he's. We're we're training now, waiting for the inevitable to take place. Is it looking like 140 for him? 140, definitely. Really, uh, he looked lighter. I could, I can tell even when he wasn't fighting, he was in the ring. I'm like, what? We, you know, let the tiger out of the cage, him. baby. Yeah, we know. <laughs> Listen, when I say it, Captain, it's going to happen. <laughs> there you go. Well, he needs to stay away from 147. I mean, man, when he went up to 147, he fought all the killers, you know, guys that were 10, 15 pounds bigger than he was on fight night. And I always yeah, said, man, 140 sense. was his best weight. That's because he didn't have the individuals that he has around him now who would care about him and say, no, we're not doing that. Now, do you think that, uh, you know, I mean, Chris has been in some wars, man. I mean, and it started at 140 with, with Russell and Perotnikov. You know, but do you right. think now, you know, and, it, and like I said, he looked good. He he looked like he was in shape. I knew he was going to end up fighting. I'm like, man, this guy's going to be fighting soon. You know, I can tell. You, 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 he's he's in shape. But right. do you think that, uh, you know, with all the damage, he has taken some damage in his career. Do you think that he still is going to be just fine? Is he working on a lot of defense? I mean, what's he working on in the gym? Well, I'll, I'll tell you this much, Captain. He's fought with Danny Jacobs. He's fought with 
uh, Saddam Ali. He sparred with a few of the young guys that were coming up. And not only has he held his own, but he's done very, very well. And I like what I'm seeing. Well, I'll tell you what, if you got him at 140, you're doing the right thing. Because, I mean, I've always thought this guy can make 140. Oh, he's not going to be at 47. He's going to win another title at 140 before it's all over. But we got to get him out of this situation he's in. And and it's like, once again, as we spoke about earlier, it's a time-sensitive issue. If, If he can't get out of a contract, how can he fight? And this is the dilemma that uh, we are dealing with right now. Yeah, that's a shame, man. These guys, they make their living, you know, throwing punches, you know, and they get controlled by the people that don't throw punches. All you know, that, the time. That don't know the struggle. You know, it's just, uh, you know, it's 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 unreal sometimes. You know, let the right. guy make his money. Let the guy provide for his family. Let him, you know, handle his business. You know, come on. He had some paydays. He fought some good guys. But, you know, the guy wants to fight. That's his livelihood. Let him fucking fight, man. Yeah. That's just how I, I, feel. I, don't, I agree with you, Captain. I don't wish bad on anybody. But these promoters, it's, and it's not, I manage you can get by them. You can actually get by them. You might have to, you know, fight here. But promoters can kill you. They can destroy your career. Peter, and, what, uh, what gets me is this guy from 2014 to 2016. Actually, from 2014 to, you know, uh, April of 2016, exactly two years ago, almost to the day, you know, this guy has fought Rustin Provodnikov, who was a monster, Manny Pacquiao, I mean, come on, speak for itself, Amir Khan, and Errol Finch Jr., and those are just the top names. You know, Eric Bonet was a win, but, right. you know, besides Eric Bonet, Errol Spence, Amir Khan, Manny Pacquiao, Rustin Provodnikov, all in a row. I mean, are you kidding me? And now you're going to say that you you know you're under contract? Really? That that right there? I mean, come on, man. Thank you. And and you know, unfortunately, um, we all know that he was signed to uh, Joe DeGuardia's uh, star boxing, and um, I would have felt that Joe would have said, you know what, our relationship no longer is working. I'll let you go. But no, he hasn't. And unfortunately, again. He's had a propensity to have these issues with fighters, so I can't blame the athletes at this point. No, I can't either. I mean, you know, he he went up against Errol Spence, and Errol was easily fifteen, maybe ten, ten pounds bigger than he was on fight night. Exactly. I mean, you got to look out for your guys, and but if you don't care about the fighters, you care about the money. That's the crap that happens. So, you know, come on, Joe, you're a better guy than that. Let the guy fight. Shit. Say it again. Say it again, Captain. Come on, Joe. I knew you. I met you before, Joe. You were nice to me. I respect you to a sense. But let this cat fight, man. I mean, he's a good guy. Let the tiger out of the cage. Let him do it. Goodness. Mm. Come on. Preach the word. Preach the I mean, word. Manny Pacquiao, Amir Khan, Errol Spence, Russell Provodnikov. I mean, come on. The guy made some money part ways. <laughs> yes, sir. Couldn't have so, said it more eloquently, more professionally. And more adamantly than that, Captain, I appreciate your words and your gestures. Thank you. Hey, you've got a great team, Coach, and we know you're going to do great things with uh, with Chris whenever you finally do get out of that contract. But I'm going to read some Twitter stuff right now. Gregory Holcomb, our good friend Gregory Holcomb, 
ATG Radio. I'm very happy with Andrew as the replacement for Rufus. Great job, guys. Well, Andrew, there you go. Good stuff, man. You've been doing a great job, Andrew. We appreciate that. Yeah, um, also let y'all know that uh, me and my DOS have been talking, and uh, we're deciding to bring it back. We don't know exactly when yet, but we're going to bring back the Rumble Down trivia now. Yep, the Rumble Down is coming back. And we're, we're very excited about that. We want to bring some Brooklyn love into the trivia challenge. Maybe uh, maybe Danny wants to, because I know Danny knows the game. Danny would be good at trivia. We need to bring Danny on, bring Saddam on. Hell, let's bring out Jerry on. Bring them all on. Hell, let's do it. You know what we got to do? We got to do a, a, a gym versus gym challenge on ATG I like Radio. It. I like it. Like, 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 do uh, I don't know the AC gym or, or or Philly gym, you know, Philadelphia gym versus Brooklyn, something That's like Roger. that. I like you it. know, Curtis Stevens, you know, uh, Danny, you know, uh, yourself or Saddam or who anybody, Chris, you know, bring them all on against the whole That's gym and let's just let's do. Uh, <laughs> I wish we could do a uh, like Jermel um, uh, Charlo's gym. You know, with Errol and all of them, have them go up against you guys. But yeah, it probably get a little heated, you know. <laughs> let's let's make it do what it do. <laughs> Somebody loses a bag, you know, and then everybody gets mad. So. You know, I think it's a go. Can't have no bag stealing or anything. <laughs> no, 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 not at all. No way. Oh, no, put the booty down. <laughs> there you go. So Andrew, the director. Do you have any last? We got two minutes left. The floor is yours. What do you want to talk about, man? Oh man, just uh, like I said, everybody get ready. I seen that tonight. Um, you know, we've had a lot of. I mean, we really didn't even, to be honest, we really didn't even. Uh, it's kind of like a last minute show. Um, on our part, we didn't really kind of advertise like we normally do. So for that to be done, and as as much as uh, how many people we've got listening tonight, it's actually pretty exciting so uh we're going to be doing a lot more bigger and better things it's going to be a lot more uh going to be a lot more action on here than uh than it used to be so i'm looking forward to that i know mike's looking forward to it i'm hoping that coach uh andreas will uh will stay you know will stick by us and uh you know we're the fire pit man we always stick you know we keep it real in here this is the outlet that Andre has, you know, when he's at the gym, when he's, you know, on HBO doing his thing, you know, he can't just let loose. You know, he can come here and he can let loose. He can do whatever he wants. This is the fire pit. Spread your wings and fly. That's what we do, baby. (laughs) Right. But but I'm going to tell you what, man, uh, we had some good stuff, you know, thanks to Steve Farhood, always a class guy. You know, we were trying to get Al Bernstein on and Steve and Raul, but we couldn't get them on at the same time. But I'm sure we'll get out here pretty soon, and, and Raw's uh, set for Wednesday. So, and I and we might do a little yeah. Houston thing. I might bring uh, my boy Juan Diaz in. We ain't heard from Juan in a while, so. Right. I don't know what the hell he's doing. He, I think he's retired, but he hasn't really announced it. So. <laughs> right, because he was he had came back and he started up, uh, had some wins, and then they just disappeared again. Well, he he owns and, uh, a company called Baby Bull Trucking. He owns his own trucking company. And he's oh, making nice. he's making some bang, <laughs> so um, nice. you know. So it, but Anthony but it, Darrell, is Anthony Darrell supposed to retire at the end of this year? 
or is he retiring within the next couple of fights? Uh, he said he wants to fight for a title one more time before he retires, and he will. He'll fight one. He'll, he'll get a champion. He'll, he'll, you know, he'll fight for a vacant belt, or he'll he'll fight. He'll he'll get a title fight before he retires, definitely. Now, will he win that? Ah, you know, you didn't record the fights, Andre. I seen him on Fox. There were some good fights. The best one was 29-0 Jorge Lara going against uh, 22-2 Claudio Marrero. Marrero is a, a former title challenger. I think he might even been a former interim tra- champion. But Laura was on fire, man. He went in there smoking, just trying to knock this guy in one round. Ends up getting caught, I think, with a counter right hand. Knocks him totally out with one punch in, in like 32 seconds in the fight, Andre. And this guy is what? flopping around like Trevor Burrick versus Mike Tyson. Oh, my goodness. And this guy's 29-0 and 0 and just got caught with that right hand. And he was he hurt Marrero, and he was going for the kill and just got nailed. I mean, it was beautiful, man. Wow, that, that was some good stuff. Yeah. It, it, it was a it was a good night of fights, but you know Darrell didn't look great against A.B. Han. I know A.B. Han. He's not a you know a horrible fighter, but he's kind of a journeyman type on the higher level. I mean he's twenty six and two, you know, but at twenty six and three now, but he he gave a good fight. But I think Darrell right. could have stopped him, and I'm not you know uh, you know Andre Darrell just got he got beat you know a couple months ago. I don't know if Andre's going to fight again. And he, you know, a lot of people hate on Andre Durrell, but he was a class guy on the show. Always a very good interview, very good guest. And, uh, you know, uh, he he proves a lot of people wrong when he's talking to us. You know, a lot of people just don't like him. I don't know why. But when he's on, on know, the like, show, he's great. He's a great kid. I don't know. I can't understand. I don't know. I don't know. And his brother's a good dude, too. Uh, Mike? Is this weekend we had the uh, Brown fight. We had Brown and Whitey fight now. Whitey no, dude, that fight happened a, a month and a half ago. Well, <laughs> you watching replay, man. man. <laughs> Way behind on us. Yeah, that was like two months ago, bro. <laughs> I just let you keep it, man. When you were, when you were saying it earlier, I just let you have it. I wasn't going to check you on that like on on, on the live show. We're going to hit the fast forward, but. <laughs> but 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 Dillian White looked good. Since we're talking about that, Dillian White looked good, and Lucas Brown, he just, oh, no. Okay. He looked horrible. I, I, I like Lucas Brown. He's been, a, he's been a guest on the show. We've had him on, Andre, several times. You know, very good guy. But he cashed out. He went to England. Yeah, he, he was he not ready. Andre Rozier would have kicked him out of the gym if he was in Brooklyn. Because this guy was not ready to fight. Not at all. Not one single bit. Now, he showed heart, and he tried, but he could have made it. He could have won that fight. Well, I don't know if he would have won the fight, but he would have been, it would have been a much better fight if he would have been in shape. Yeah, it was crazy. It was you know. crazy. And I seen it right when he walked in because I actually thought that that Brown had a chance in that fight, and I seen him. I'm like, oh shit, I'm wrong. I knew I was wrong at the weigh in. I knew I was wrong. Uh-huh. You know, Man, since we're going you know, back two months, you know? <laughs> what's up? Am I too worth the Fedor uh, fight? I did. Fedor and uh fought Frank Mir Friday night or Saturday night on Bellator, and I was like, you know what? I, I didn't watch the fight live. But the next morning, what I'll do is there is it's a huge weekend. The fights that I really don't care about that I but I'm interested in, I'll, I'll wait until Sunday morning, 
and I'll have my whole morning filled up with good fights, you know. So Sunday morning, I'm fast forward, and I'm going through, and, you know, I didn't give a shit about the rest of the fights on Bellator. I just wanted to see the, the Emelianco fight. And I'm like, you know what, Frank Frankmere is going to win. Fedor is kind of out of shape. He's just, you know, he's not really been winning like he has before. He's lost a lot. I mean, he's, he's 42, 43 years old. He goes in there. Frank Mir comes at him. It's a good fight. I'm like, well, Frank's probably going to win this fight. He gets caught all of a sudden, and Emilianka just gets all up in his ass. <laughs> it was beautiful. Wow. It was good seeing Emilianka. Fedor is a very, very good MMA fighter. One of the best I've seen in his prime, and uh, it, I, I was hoping he wouldn't get brutally knocked out. And it was a good, it was a good night for him, and it was it was good to watch him, you know, be victorious. Is he going to do anything else? I mean, he is in a tournament. He's got some a guy that just you know that beat him a couple fights back, you know, uh, in there too. It's not looking good for him, but you know what? He got a good win, and he, it's something to be proud of. And I wish him all the best. I love I love Fedor, man. Uh. I'm not a big MMA guy. But you know you gotta respect Fedor. And he comes, yeah. with, he comes to get down on it. He and he did, and he did, he, and and you know, um, I just wish him luck, and you know, I, I wish he would have been a boxer because he would have been a damn good one. Mm-hmm. You know, there ain't many MMA, MMA guys that I would really peg about, you know, being a good fighter. But I always thought that Fedor would be a good pro. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. you know, we never seen it happen, so. So, KT, what did you think about it? Did you watch Fedor? Uh, no, I actually missed it. I, I I kept reading about it online, but uh, I know that he, you know, he did very well. But um, I didn't get to watch that one. The only one I did get to watch live was the uh, uh, the dog pound Anthony Darrell. But uh, uh, the other well, times, I just kind of the best fight. The best fight of the night had to be Magdalena versus Dogbo. That was the best fight. You know, the second best, I'd say Danny, Danny versus Selecki. And then, you know, I, I really like, you know, Big Baby Miller, even though he didn't look as good as I thought he looked. I thought he was going to knock him out. But you know what? You know, Dual Paul showed he's a tough, tough dude, got a hell of a chin. And uh, it was still exciting. It was it was a good night. It was a good weekend of fights. And we got some good fights coming up. So, um, you know, just uh, – but anyway – we're about to end yeah, it tonight. Yeah, Smith is supposed to be fighting. Go ahead. AJ Smith is fighting uh, May 11th. Yeah, yeah, I know. <laughs> um, uh, me and AJ Smith used to be real good friends, man. I used to talk to this guy every day. And I, I really like AJ. He's a great ambassador to boxing. I respect him. But I don't really care about watching him fight anymore. I'm just being real, man. I don't know how you guys think about it, but he's he's on he's on the on the downside, and uh, you know. But I mean, I'll, I'll still watch him, but I'm not going to like be all excited, and, you know. But but I like oh, him. Yeah. You know. <laughs> you, you, yeah. just, you just make sure, you say, I'll give just a moment or two to it, huh? <laughs> <laughs> there you go. <laughs> well, Andre, like I said, congratulations on the big win this weekend. A lot of good things going on. Saddam, you know, it's coming close. Uh, Jaime Munguia is going to take that fight now. Yeah, it, it gets me though. You know, Triple G. You know, Munguia was not suitable for Triple G on HBO, but he's suitable now for Saddam. Ain't that kind of a double that, standard? I, I would think I would think it was a double standard. Um, but um, hey, listen, she's saving we, the fight though. Right. Exactly. 
So we we're gonna take it and and do what we have to do with it. I'll tell you what, man. On HBO, you you've been getting like like I said, fighters that a lot of people don't really know about end up being tough fights. Munguia has a good record, you know. But that you know what that makes you a better trainer because you don't know exactly what you're training for. That's right. I mean, there's fights out there, but there's not on that on that level. So you really don't know how much of, of the guy you're gonna bring out. And, you know, the last two fights with Danny have been the same thing, and this could be the same. So, you know what? But I know Saddam would be ready to fight. He was ready against Cotto. You know, all them late nights, and sometimes you didn't show up till late, but I knew why. And then it showed that Saturday night when he beat Cotto. So, I'll tell you what, it's going to be the same thing. I think Munguia is in trouble, and I think Steve is right on the money. you got to show him who the boss is and welcome him to the big leagues really, really quickly. And we will. My man. <laughs> hey, Dre, happy birthday, my man, from Thank all of you, us. Have a so great much, day, man. man, and we will definitely see you Wednesday. Andrew, thanks for all the help, my friend, and uh, have a good Check night. Check it out. Yo, check it. Yo, I got slugs for snitches. No love for bitches. Putting thugs in ditches with my trigger finger itches. I got a rep to make police jet. Known to get a pre-sweat.